everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today I'm going to tell you a story, a story of how this all began, how I dreamed about writing a book, and how that dream is becoming a reality. Some of you guys have been with me from the very beginning, and you have been reading my stuff and following along with the things that I'm doing and saying and thinking and feeling for years. And some of you guys are newer, and so this is just a chance I'm going to take to share kind of a little bit of my story and mostly the story of how I thought I wanted to write a book. And as I said in my title for this podcast episode, I'm actually writing it. And so that's kind of like the most exciting thing ever. But I want to just share the journey of how this has gone because it's been almost a decade since I started this process. So Ginger Volo just wrote a book and she actually was part of the same cult that I came out of back in 2002, three-ish, thereabouts. We both were in Bill Gothard's Institute and Basic Life Principles Advanced Training Institute. Now, granted, she was still a child just showing up in TV specials when I was getting out in the early 2000s, but we were part of the same group. And she just wrote a book and people are having some interesting responses to that. I've been blogging on that and writing in my Substack newsletter about it. But I first started thinking about my life and my upbringing and really processing it almost 10 years ago. So it was about the time that my son was a baby and he's going to be 11. So it really must be about 10 years ago. And I think I'm trying to think of which happened first because it felt like it all happened kind of at the same time. But I think somebody told me about recoveringgrace.com. And this was a compilation of people like me who had been raised in Gothard's Institute, but were now expressing truth about what had happened to them, doubting and questioning the things that we were taught and what what we believed, and really just opening up some of the stuff that really happened at the training centers and things like that. And I had never met anybody who was like me that was questioning and doubting. I had spent probably the last 10 years of my life trying to kind of pretend none of that happened. I'd been pushing it away. I've been trying to say that I had just been raised conservatively. I was homeschooled, that kind of thing. But I didn't really actually deal with the fact that I'd been in a cult. I mean, it was it was really a lot of craziness and a lot of just mind control and stuff like that. And so hearing all these people talk about their shared experiences was just really validating for me. And I felt like, hey, I wasn't crazy when I felt back then that things were wrong. Things were off. This was This couldn't be true. And so that was really helpful to me. It was felt helpful to really start processing. My poor husband had no idea that I had been in a cult. And so he dealt with me and my processing patiently. And then I came in contact with a Facebook group for survivors of the Advanced Training Institute, the homeschool program. And as I got to know them and just was sharing on there, it was a shocking to me how many of them had left the faith completely. And I don't think that should have been a shock to me, honestly, but it was. And I was really just kind of horrified at how many people had just walked away from God completely. Now, 10 years from that point in time, I can see very clearly why people would walk away from God after everything that we'd been through, after the spiritual abuse and just trauma of the situation. It totally makes sense to me, but back then it didn't. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why am I still a Christian? 
Like why why do I still love Jesus? Like what is different about my story? And why am I still at this place where I have a relationship with God? And as I was processing it, I really just felt like it was because I met Jesus. Like I'll tell people now, yeah, I spent the 1990s in a cult and Jesus found me anyway. And that's how it feels. It feels like God just came down and found me when I wasn't even necessarily looking for him. But that just really made me start thinking. And I remember in the laundry room one day, I was pulling laundry out of the dryer, talking to God about this, just really just heartbroken for these people who had never seemed to actually have met Jesus. And I felt like he was saying, write a book. I had no idea what that meant or what that looked like or how many years of just frustration and heartbreak and discouragement and disillusionment and everything else that I would go through before I would actually be writing a book. And my initial book, I was kind of writing it not because I wanted to write a book, but because I was trying to be obedient, I guess, and just follow what God was asking me to do. And so I had a friend who had written a book and had been published recently, and she invited me to come to the Speak Up conference. There I discovered I needed something called a book proposal before anybody even looked at me. And I needed to have a website and actually start to get noticed out in the world. And I thought that was crazy, but I did some stuff. I had a blog and I started working on my blog and writing things on the blog. And then eventually I made a proposal, which it wasn't even that great. Like look back on that one, I was just doing it because I was like, fine, I have to make a proposal. But it wasn't like I actually had a full book in my head or really even an idea what I wanted to say. But that was the start. It was the process. And I really was just trying to figure out, like, what am I supposed to do with this information? I guess I'll write a book. It wasn't something that I really wanted to do, but it was kind of the beginning. And really, I was just processing my own story. Like, I look back at those seasons of my life, and that was just me figuring out what in the world had happened to me, just putting some names to some of the things, and really just starting to begin to process and deal with the lies and the trauma and stuff like that. So I, I liked blogging and I continued to blog for, for years and I went to some more writers conferences. I started being more honest about what had happened on my blog in my cult days. I actually named the fact that I had been in Bill Gothard's homeschool program and that, that was what the Duggars were using. And it's actually kind of helpful to me to have the Duggars on television at that point in time because I could be like, yeah, like the Duggars. And everyone was like, oh yeah, yeah, the Duggars. And so... I was working with various people. I had different agents over the years, different editors that kind of pushed and helped and you know tweaked my book proposal. Nobody was ever actually interested in the book itself, but they wanted to help me and try to get me to that place where it was good. And I'm very grateful for that. Really appreciate that. Then we went through the spiritual abuse and religious trauma at our church where my husband was a youth pastor. And there was that whole stuff that went down and I had to rethink everything again. And I look back at that season of my life, guys, and if I had written my book before that happened, it would have been a disaster. It would have been filled with so much pride and just so little understanding of people who had gone through trauma. Because even though I had been in a cult and it was spiritual abuse, and I look back on it and I can name people who spiritually abused me, it didn't feel like trauma at the time because it felt fun and exciting and there were things that were really good about it. And so it was just kind of really complicated to unwind it all and figure out what was good and what was bad. But this spiritual abuse that I went through at our church was abuse and it felt horrible and it broke me. And that breaking was the best thing 
that could ever have happened to me because suddenly I recognized that I was not the only one that had gone through this kind of stuff and that there was reasons people walked away from the church and away from Jesus. And I just felt a new sense of understanding and community and compassion and grace that God had given me and also that I can extend to others. And it was after that season, I would say in the last five years, that I really started to find my voice. I started this podcast in 2019, and partly it was because it was another thing to do to get noticed by publishers. That sounds terrible, but they want you to be out there, you know, and partly because I just really longed to just share the things that I had learned about God. And I I just saw the people out there that were struggling and hurting, and I wanted to give them hope that God really existed and that he maybe just wasn't the same yucky religious God that they'd experienced. But in these last few years, just with my newsletter, I, I know my message and I know my audience. And I've been writing my book again, like really writing it, not just writing the proposal and waiting for a publisher to notice me and fighting against the whole, be awesome, put yourself out there. And I'm like, no, I refuse to do that. And so it wasn't any of that. It was just my little ministry that God's given me and just loving it, loving you guys and loving the people that read my newsletter and loving the people that read my blog and the people that interact with me on social media and just being okay with the fact that I was just small and unknown and just accepting of that and knowing that it doesn't matter. Like God can use whatever. And I'm just going to go ahead and just do the things that he's given me without trying to pursue all of this rah-rah, look at me, I'm getting noticed, I'm getting a bigger following, and now I'll get published, and all the nonsense that's going on out there. Lo and behold, the publishing industry is noticing that maybe this isn't really working. And so I'm really curious to see what happens in the next few years if they'll give people a voice that have less of a following because they realize that maybe everyone with this massive following doesn't necessarily have the same depth to share maybe? We'll see. But anyway, this year, this year, 2023, started with me having two and a half chapters left of my book to write. That was it. And I felt like God was asking me to write it. And I kind of thought I was actually going to finish it over Christmas break. So it would have been the end of 2022. And that just didn't happen. I started doing a little bit of digging into it, started tweaking it. And I was like, you know what? I really hate this title. And let's be honest, people had told me they didn't like my title over the years, but I was kind of like attached to it and I, I wanted to keep it because I liked it. So my old title was Imposter Jesus, Rejecting Religion in a Search for the Real God. And I liked the fact that it was kind of negative and I liked the fact that it was a little bit edgy, but Imposter Jesus doesn't really tell you anything. Like what is that supposed to mean? Like fake Jesus, antichrist, like what? And it wasn't really just meshing with what was on my heart for my audience anymore. So this year I started thinking and I started just kind of jotting down some notes and just really stopping to think about what am I trying to convey here? What is the heart behind this book? And the next thing I knew, I had this idea pop in my head of a religious rebel because that was what I became in my cult when I started to question and doubt. Everyone told me I was now a rebel. And that was like the worst thing you could be because obedient to authority was like the most golden thing ever. And a rebel was just like like witchcraft. <laughs> There's a verse in Samuel they would quote to uh, out of context to make you realize that rebellion was so wrong. But I was like, this is good. I like this religious rebel. But then as I started writing and tweaking again, I realized it can't be just about me. It's religious rebels. It's about us. 
those of us who are saying, no, I am not going to just follow this religion and these human traditions and these standards and behaviors. But it's also people who are not willing to just throw it all away and decide that they can decide what's right or wrong. Like it's people who are truly looking for Jesus, truly looking to figure out what in the world is this Bible saying and who is God and who am I? And so my tagline is finding Jesus in the awkward middle way. This place we don't fit into a side. We don't believe in black and white thinking anymore. We are open. We're holding tension and paradox and mystery. And we're just pursuing the God who created us, who died for us, and who loves us and wants to be in a relationship with us. So last weekend, and some of you guys already know this because you follow me on socials, last weekend I booked myself a little retreat to finish my book. My goal was to finish the book. So I went to my retreat. I uh, ended up being at not the cute little house I had booked because their pipes froze. So I ended up at a hotel room and I sat down Saturday and I wrote and Sunday I wrote and Sunday night, guys, I finished my book. I wrote the last word and I was like, um, now what do I do? Like, this is great, but what am I supposed to do with this? And so Monday morning I woke up and I was just feeling kind of tired and worn out, honestly just exhausted from the effort and of making my brain produce words and trying to think about if those words are any good or not. And I still had this whole day off. I had taken off from teaching. So what do I do with my time, with my life in this hotel room? And I reached out to a couple of different people that I knew that were in the industry, a friend of mine who does editing for a company locally, and another girl that I had talked to who's an agent, a local agent. And I just kind of reached out to them like, well, I don't know what to do about this. And as I was reaching out to the agent that I talked to before, I remembered that there is a hybrid publishing company in the area here. And at one point in time, I was very against like self-publishing and hybrid publishing because I felt like you weren't really an author. You hadn't been noticed or recognized enough. But at the place where I'm at, where I am just over the game, like I am done jumping through your hoops, I'm going to rebel, religious rebel. And I'm going to just like follow God and like God be big enough to open doors. I suddenly decided that maybe this wasn't a bad idea. Maybe hybrid publishing is a great option. Hybrid means that you kind of pay some costs up front to produce the book, but they do a lot of help with you. Like they help you to um, edit it and they help you to design it and they design your cover for you and they do marketing a little bit and they get it into bookstores for you and stuff like that. And so it's a lot of things you couldn't do on your own self-publishing and you have a lot more say than you would have at a regular publishing company. It's a lot faster turnaround and you get a lot more of the profits. And so I found this company's website and they had this author survey, which I filled out, kind of unsure of what to put in which box. They're little weird boxes. So I filled it out and I was like, okay, all right, here we go. I left my hotel room and I drove to a coffee shop. And on the way to the coffee shop, I was literally like yelling at God. I said, God, I am done. Like I wrote the book. I was obedient. I followed you, but I am not striving for this. Like I hate the way this feels. I hate trying to get noticed and have doors open for me. Like I am not doing this. If you want this book to be published, you do whatever you want, but I'm done and it's going to have to be up to you. So a little mini hissy fit with God. That's always great. Get to the coffee shop, open my computer, and there is already a reply from the hybrid company saying, we're super interested in this idea that you have. Do you have a manuscript? I did have a manuscript, guys, because I compiled it that morning and put all the chapters together into one big document. So yes, I have a manuscript. 
And they were like, can you also tell us more about yourself, like your journey and your writing journey? And so I did. I was just really honest. Sent the manuscript. A couple hours later, I hear back from Tim Beals. He's the owner of Credo Publishing House. And he gave me the most beautiful email. You guys, it was from the Holy Spirit. Like the things he said to me, I was like, I have never felt so seen, so understood, like so affirmed in the heart that I have for people and for the real Jesus and for them to know him. It was amazing. Like I've never had somebody get me and my book so well before. And he was super excited. And he said, I want to work with you. So I talked to him on Wednesday. We had a phone call. And once again, just so affirming, so exciting, so fantastic. And on Friday, I got the, the proposal, the, the um, complete proposal from Creta House Publishers telling me the price of what it would cost to do this book and the price for the first printing. And it's, it's I don't know how to explain it. Like it's, it's, it's expensive. It's almost $5,000. But it also is not, $14,000. This is what I was quoted by a different um, hybrid publishing company. Ridiculous. And it feels like it's doable. And guys, I don't know how to explain this. Like I, God is going to provide. I just have this complete confidence. This entire thing has been from God. Like last weekend at this time, I didn't have my book done. This weekend right now, it's done. And I have a publishing company that wants to help me publish it. And I just believe that God is going to provide. And I already have people reaching out saying, how can we help you? Like, what can we do? Can we provide money for you? Can we, can we donate to you? And that just blows me away. And I love how God is already saying, look, I've got this. Like, I'm going to take care of this. I can do this. So side note there, if you are somebody who's like, I want to be a part of that, like just send me an email, christylynwood at gmail.com. I'm not going to stop you from being a part of what God is doing. I'm not begging for money. I'm not even asking for money. But if this is something that God lays on your heart, I guess just pray about it and see if it's something that he wants you to be a part of. I know he's going to provide. I'm just absolutely confident about that. Here's the cool thing with this book, Religious Rebels. If we go ahead and get started with this in the next week or two, I'll be launching by June. Like you would have my book in your hands by June, which is crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy and so exciting. And guys, I just I just think it's going to happen. Like it's just different from anything else I've ever experienced. There is no striving here. The Holy Spirit is literally just opening up the doors and saying, "Go, go." And he's making it happen. And so I am just pumped. And I am so excited to see what started 10 years ago and what has turned into this little ministry that I have with you guys and like I said my writings. And I'm really excited to see what God might do with this book and the people that he might touch and the things that he might accomplish. And so I'm just putting it before him with open hands and saying, let's do it. Let, let's do this adventure together. All right, here we go. So that's my latest news. And this next series that we're going to start on this podcast is kind of rebuilding your faith. And I want to kind of go off of some of the stuff that's been going on with the whole um, Ginger Volo because people are really just bashing her for not having left everything. They're really upset by the fact that she has disentangled her faith and yet has not deconstructed in the proper way in their opinion, that she hasn't left everything, that she still calls herself a Christian, that she claims that there's a real Jesus, and that she has found a different kind of truth. And that's really offensive to them. And so we're going to talk about that because I don't think it's fair that people 
who deconstruct and who start to question out everything only have one option of where they can land. That to me is not fair. Like you can take apart your faith and then you can rebuild a vibrant faith centered on the real Jesus. Like I'm going to have to agree with her in that, in that instance. And so I'm excited to talk about that in the coming series, just the idea of how to rebuild a faith. Like where do we start and how do we know what's true and how do we deal with the, the questions and the doubts we might have along the way and the cynicism and the skepticism and all that kind of stuff. So we'll start that next week. But thanks guys for being a part of this adventure with me. And like I said, if you feel like you want to be involved or even just let me know that you're praying for me as um, I take steps on this journey, just reach out Linwood at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.